I think that um, Eckhart's work was not really about, you know, connecting me with God. It was more about me connecting me with me, which in turn, it does, you know, connect you to God because we come from God. Welcome to My Spiritual Friends from Worthy Well, the podcast that's here to affirm and inspire you on your spiritual journey. I'm your host, Shelby Renee Giles. Grab some tea and settle in as I dive deep into the stories behind the spiritual awakenings and numinous experiences of people from all walks of life and how those experiences changed how they see and care for themselves and the world around them. We're here to normalize your spiritual experiences in the physical realm, one story at a time. Come out of your spiritual closet with us. Hello, and thank you for joining me for another episode. I am so grateful that you're here, and I'm so excited to share another incredible episode with you all. This time, I am in conversation with George Valenzuela. So George is an education coach, author, and advocate. Using action research methodology, his work helps school leaders and teachers reach their unique success paths to innovation in school leadership, tiered instruction, project-based learning, computer science and STEM education, and social and emotional learning across the curriculum. George is the lead coach at Lifelong Learning Defined and provides professional development on behalf of several prominent education organizations like ASCD, Corwin, Instructional Innovation Partners, Premier Speakers Bureau, and Solution Tree. He has authored several books and guides and is the host of the SEL in Action podcast on BAM Radio Network. So y'all, George is like a brother to me, and I am so grateful that he agreed to come on the podcast to share his journey. There is so much wisdom in this episode, and I hope you all soak it up just as I did. So let's dive in. Hey, George. Hey, Shelby. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's good to see you. Thanks for joining me for this conversation. I'm excited. Well, it's a pleasure. Me too. And I see you California dreaming, so that's a good thing. (laughs) I am California dreaming. A month and a half in, I'm California dreaming for sure. Um, But yeah, I'm so glad that you were able to do this. Um, I know you were um, in the audience for the very first um, episode. So it's so exciting to, you know, be actually talking with you as, you know, one of the guests on the podcast. Um, I know from our other conversations, you have a lot to bring to this um, to this conversation. So I'm excited to, to get into it. But first, um, <laughs> I want to talk about how we know each other. So, Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love this. So, so, y'all, George is married to my best friend in the whole let's give world. Yes, let's give, let's give Miriam some snaps. 
doing some snaps. So I think of George as like, so I think of you as my, um, you know how people say like, you know, you have your brother-in-law. You're like my my friendship-in-law or something. My, wait, oh, my brother wow. in friendship? You're my brother. You're my brother. Well, so, I appreciate that. Yeah. And I'm so grateful, you know, that we've gotten to just, you know, bond over the years and, and just, you know, I've gotten to see you like and get to know you not only on a personal level, but also be expanded by just your career and, you know, watching you as an entrepreneur, like doing what you love. And then we've also gotten to have these like spiritual conversations too, you know, which we're about to, you know, dig into more. So yeah, I love that. Yeah, me too. I, I definitely have grown a lot in in just seeing your your journey. Um, mm-hmm. um, and one of the things that I admire about you is that you made a big decision to actually, you know, go to a space that, you know, supports a spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's not, it's not that it's not happening in Virginia, but it's not on the same scale. And you have to like, mm-hmm. you know, find people. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of lived like my day to day thinking about my own journey and not realizing that that there are other people or how to find them. Like I just accept it. Mm. And you'll see as we start talking that I kind of felt like, like I'm alone at a bar and I'm the only one that's, you know, sober. And I mm. just accepted mm. that. But, mm-hmm. and seeing you and seeing that, you know, how much you've grown in a little amount of time, it's because you actually put yourself into those environments from folks that you can learn from and that you can also teach. And that's what I got from, from your podcast. I've never mm. have experienced anything like that other than, you know, being at church, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So I was impressed by that. Thanks, George. That means a lot coming from you. That means a lot. And, um, and yeah, like we're, we're all constantly learning from each other, you know, that's the whole that's the whole thing about it. And I know you're probably going to school me on something during this conversation that we're about to have, too. So I'm excited. Well, I yeah. And and again, just like grateful for our friendship, grateful for you and, you know, Miriam's life and that I get to be, you know, a part of that as well. So it's just it's just beautiful. So, yeah. 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 So so let's dig in. Let's dig into the conversation. Um and yeah, you're you're not new to to these conversations. I know you've um, you've heard some already, and so um, I definitely want to take us to the very beginning, you know, as usual, and get into um, just how your childhood, you know, shaped your initial concept of what spirituality meant, you know, in your life. Um, what did spirituality mean for you when you were growing up? Wow. That, that's a really good question. And there's times that I've, you know, thought about it, but I can honestly say that it, that it wasn't. Um, mm. I came from a household where there weren't two loving adults that loved each other unconditionally and knew how to communicate effectively. And mm-hmm. so, because those things weren't modeled, and obviously, if you're not in, you know, like if you're not connected to your spirit and, and to your source, then what happens is that you don't understand 
how other people are also spiritual beings and how you have to take care of them as well. And so mm. I had a tough time, I think, but for some crazy reason, I think I experienced, um, you know, grace as a little kid mm. where I kind of felt mm. and knew that, that there is God and mm. that, that there is a bigger purpose. And I remember I would tell myself, when you get older, you're going to be very religious and you're going to follow oh, wow. you know, all the rules that, that, that you're learning. And so I realize now that that's not spirituality, but I realized that that was an intention that perhaps why now I have a better understanding. And so I, I remember um, having a tough time as a kid. And one summer I went to um, summer camp. And I was nine years old. And I remember laying in the in the cot and there were some mm-hmm. other kids in the room. And as I lay there, it occurred to me that I don't miss the people at home in Far mm-hmm. Rockaway, Queens. And mm-hmm. I don't miss the neighborhood or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I knew then that there was something wrong and that that wasn't right, right? But... Mm-hmm. What I did and I didn't realize until I was an adult as a defense mechanism, I would block out painful emotions, mm. not realizing that they're tied to spirituality and all these things. Mm-hmm. And so for me as a little kid, because I didn't understand emotions or, or um, spirituality, I would just block things out that, that hurt and just you know keep it moving. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's because of, you know, experiencing, you know, trauma over and over again. But now as an adult, I realized that that my mom and stepdad and all of them, they not only had their own trauma, but they had, you know, generational trauma of mm. stuff that happened so far back mm-hmm. that is just like an endless cycle. And so I feel yeah. like for me, I kind of have broken that cycle in my family. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's so deep and it really does go very far back for so many of us, you know, but it's beautiful that you came to a place of compassion too, you know, and you're like, wow, like this has been like ingrained in, <laughs> you know, for generations, you know, and, and it's true for, for all of us, you know, at different levels. Like we, we oftentimes, um, you know, might forget that, you know, that those things live in our bones, you know, in a way. And to have the courage to to disrupt it, you know, and, and be the change is is really it's a it's a tall task, but it's 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 beautiful to see, you know. It's doable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's doable. And it's not empirical evidence that you get out of a research study. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. the um, proof is in yourself, in realizing that you're you've changed mm-hmm. how you respond emotionally in different situations yeah. that are similar, and then you also start to realize, hey, when I reinsert myself into these type of situations, the same thing mm-hmm. is coming up that used to come up, mm-hmm. and so that mm-hmm. you know, like once you experience like you know little successes, then you start to get a lot more confidence. And, you know, I Mm -hmm. think, you know, practice, you know, builds, I mean, competence and competence builds confidence 
over time. And so it's yeah. doable. It's doable. Yeah. But like you said, it's a tall task. Yeah. Yeah. And what was the turning point for you? Was Or was there one actually, a turning point where you realized um, that change or that shift in you? Yeah, I was 36 and I got stuck in heartbreak. Mm. And, you know, like it wasn't just like emotional trauma, like as usual. Mm-hmm. I felt like I can't like, you know, diagnose myself, but I feel like it was psychological trauma where I was just mm. stuck in one very difficult emotion of heartbreak mm-hmm. and, you know, pain. And I couldn't get unstuck. Mm. I went to um, therapy. I went, I mean, I told my secretary, like, like, like it was the first time in my life that I wasn't able to take a painful emotion and block it out and move on to the next thing. Right. Mm -hmm. It was the Mm -hmm. first time that I was stuck in an emotion where I would cry, like without even trying to cry. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, and it just wouldn't go away. And so when that happened, I realized that I had a learning gap. Now it's something outside of me that I don't know. And so, you know, through, through the years, um, I've learned that it wasn't actually that thing. It was the consequence of ignoring emotions and mm-hmm. ignoring, you know, that, that, like what's happened in the past and mm-hmm. whatever you ignore, it doesn't really go away. And so mm. once I started to, like how you said, like it's a tall task, it's a painful procedure of looking in the mirror and being honest mm. with oneself and mm-hmm. identifying the areas that need improvement. It's painful, especially if, if there's a lot of trauma, but after a while, you, you, you can get unstuck. And, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, it happened at, at 36 but I can honestly say for anyone listening, and honestly, like I've healed this, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As far as I can tell. And so I can speak about it and it doesn't bother me. But when I'm speaking, it's for someone else that might need to hear this. Yeah. And so if you're listening out there, what I'll say is this it's something that you can't do on your own. You need some really good, you know, frameworks, some modeling from folks that know how to do it. And you need some strategies. And I can honestly say if you have that and if you're willing to put in the work, you can heal. You can actually change how you experience emotions. You can heal trauma, but you can change how you experience those, those very um, you know, painful emotions. Emotions impact our mind, body, and behavior. But they impact everybody mm-hmm. in a different way based mm-hmm. on their experience in life. Mm-hmm. And, and and what they've been through. And so, yeah, I could just say that. <laughs> yeah, and it, it speaks to like um, tools, right? You know, there's so many tools that we all um, are drawn to or called, you know, to as we um, embark on our own healing journeys. And, and ultimately, like we are, we are our own healers, but sometimes there are tools that that help us that are kind of the catalyst for that and and help us um, help guide us to that healing um, for yeah. ourselves. So yeah, I I appreciate all of that. Um, 
Yeah, and this is really connected to um, your work as I listen to you talk about just, <laughs> you know, it's 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 a thing, you know, where um, I've gotten to see how your broader um, experiences have tied directly into um, how you show up in the world, how you support people, um, particularly people who are responsible for, uh, you know, building the next generation of, you know, leaders and adults. And um, and so can you talk a little bit about how your spiritual journey connects to the work that you do? Yeah, so if someone would have told me two years ago that that would be the case, I would have never believed them. (laughs) (laughs) I would have never, you know, believed them. Um, And so now, um, so I'm not sure um, if the listeners out there understand action research or how knowledge is created. And and so in the PhD program, um, we learned that if you want to study a topic, any topic, you have to look at what's been done. And so that's your you know, literature review. And so in there, you'll find some systems, models, you know, frameworks, you know, scholars that have done, you know, previous work. And so what you do is you adapt, right? Like you take something that that you think you can do and you adapt it, but you do it in your own way. And as mm-hmm. you're doing it, that's your personal insight. But But you start to, you know, collect data. Mm-hmm. And as you're collecting data, then you refine your approach and, and things like that. And so that is something that I was already doing in education, you know, in computer science, in STEM, in um, project-based learning. But it never occurred to me to do that with emotional intelligence and social emotional learning until mm-hmm. I had a school system in 2020 say, hey, we got to figure this out. Like we have young people that were relying on us for, for food. And we can't teach them right now. So we have to focus on SEL, you know, social emotional learning. Then after George Floyd, that was a whole another thing that they were trying to focus on, which was just, you know, bias. Mm -hmm. How do we how do we recognize our own biases and, you know, things like that? And how do we get to know our students? So that's a thing that it's really popular in education Mm -hmm. research Mm-hmm. is to know your students, not just as learners, but as individuals, mm-hmm. like like what their culture is, like mm-hmm. what their background, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like how they think, how they feel. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a personal relationship that is led with empathy, mm-hmm. then you'll never form a learning partnership. So these mm-hmm. were things that I was kind of familiar with, and the thing that I that that I I did have in 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 my arsenal, it was SEL, but I didn't realize it. The framework that schools use um, is is by Castle, which is the Castle Five: social mm-hmm. awareness for self management. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, self awareness for for self management, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. social awareness for for. Um, relationship skills, and then Mm -hmm. responsible decision-making. So I follow the model that um, is by Talent Smart. It's called the emotional intelligence model, Mm -hmm. which has got Mm -hmm. four of those things. And so I had been working on that since 2018 on on my own. And so as as a business owner, one of the reasons why I've been very successful 
is that I've been able to be very in tune with not just mm-hmm. my emotions, but the emotions of the client mm-hmm. and, and, mm-hmm. and the emotions of everyone around me. Mm-hmm. And so taking that piece of knowledge and knowing how to do action research and hearing what they needed, which is to help young people that are now highly emotional and also understand, you know, bias mm-hmm. and understand our students in a better way, even if we belong to um, a different background than them. How mm-hmm. do you take all that and now make a new model or make a new framework? And yeah. so I had been you know, working on that and we collected a lot of data and what the pandemic did was it spotlighted, you know, people like me that maybe it didn't really look like everyone else in the space at, at the time. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, because of my writings and stuff like that, I was offered opportunities where I could speak, you know, virtually Mm-hmm. And everybody mm-hmm. would register, you know, like from all over the country and all over the world, I should say. And so that just put me in a whole different stratosphere that I didn't plan for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, like I'll loop back to what I said before. Like if someone would have told me that this would be a topic in my work, I would have never, mm-hmm. ever believed them. And like I, I told an editor the other day. It's not why I started my work, right? Like my work was to help other people. Yeah, that's like the root of it. Mm-hmm. But it's probably the most important piece of my work, even though I know that everyone is not interested in that. Mm-hmm. And and not everyone, um, I think we're all on the same journey, but not everyone knows it, right? Like yeah. we're all meant mm-hmm. to, you know, connect with who we are, mm-hmm. you, you mm-hmm. know, truly. You know, and everyone has a different external purpose, but the internal purpose, I, I do believe is the same for everyone, but not everyone's aware of that. And, yeah. and so I'm seeing that my work is really, you know, picking up back to instructional, you know, coaching, which is mm-hmm. how we started in the first place. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's the most important thing that I, that, that I've probably will do in my career. And yeah. Um, I just hope that that whatever resource that I've put out there um, is evergreen enough that even when I'm gone, you know, someone can, mm-hmm. you know, benefit from it. Yeah. And it's so cool to see, at least, you know, based on what I've gotten to see, you know, of your work, it's so cool to see how, you know, the work that you've done to um, really, I guess, be grounded in this relationship with yourself you actually, you know, get to help other people do that through, you know, education. And then it's a trickle-down effect because they are then helping students do that, you know? And so it's a really, like, when you think about the exponential impact of that of that work, um, I believe, you know, it is spiritual work, you know? Because you're, you're, <laughs> you're having people, you know, take a look at like you said, um, their, you know, potential biases, um, becoming more um, emotionally aware of themselves and, um, and you know, considering that and how they shape young minds, you know, and that's, that's a big deal. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, like, like, you know, think about it logically, right? So the average person, you know, I don't think that they realize that humans are led 
through by their own intrinsic motivation, right? You know, mm-hmm. their own self-interest, right? And so I always ask, like right now in education, like, you know, a lot of our educators are upset. You know, they're, you kind of really feel like they're being blamed for a lot of what's happening um, in schools. And so one of the things that I ask administrators is before you start to figure out how to fix all the problems, you have to look at the pain points of people. And so why do people become teachers? And so everyone has their own reason why. But if you look at the research, some of the research says that the top reason is because they feel that they'll be good at it. And that's actually Mm, tied with wanting to make a difference. Right. That's intrinsic motivation. Someone says, okay, I can do this. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to go ahead and do it. And if you think Mm -hmm. about it, that's how other jobs are 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 done right someone mm-hmm, feels mm-hmm. that they can do this and so if you look at the top reason why they remain in education though it's just one reason they feel that they would be good at it so that means that anything that threatens that self-efficacy and confidence right we have to you know limit that you know just like a husband and a wife or 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 you know partners mm-hmm. if i know that the thing I'm about to say or do is going to cause anxiety and stress and break down what the confidence is that that person has in this relationship and in, in us. And then I have to rethink that. And so I tackle it there, you know, just mm-hmm. having emotional intelligence, like, like, like how do people feel about a certain thing? How do they respond? And now let me move in ways that are not harmful mm-hmm. and that don't mm-hmm. make more of something than what it has to be. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. That totally makes sense. Um, yeah. That's really beautiful. And um, getting to uh, one share that um, I've heard this story a couple of times and um, it's a really beautiful example of how you are just going on about your life and then one day you come across a, a book or a quote or something and it, it just kind of <laughs> shifts everything, you know? And um, you might know uh, what I'm talking about, but um, when you uh, tell the story about um, how Eckhart Tolle, the book, um, it yeah. was it New Earth or New Power Earth. of Now? A New Earth, yeah. 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 Can you talk a little bit about um, like how you found or how that book found you and also what you, <laughs> what you, um, what you took from it and how it just continues to inform like your, your journey now. Yeah. So, you know, Lao Tzu once said, when the student is ready, the master appears. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I really do believe that our intentions play a major role in the experiences we have in, in life. Yeah. But even then, though, like, um, have you seen The Shack? Yes, I have seen The Shack. I had to think about yeah. it for a second. And yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so that was actually after A New Earth, like in my journey. But one mm-hmm. of the things that 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 the main character, well, not the main character, but the the um, actor that, you know, played, you know, Papa, or, you know, played God. Mm-hmm. And she said to him, it takes a whole lot of relationship. Mm-hmm. And no matter what 
has happened in, in your life, it's done out of love for you. Mm. But if you're caught up in your emotions, you're not going to see me. Mm-hmm. And so I think that um, Eckhart's work was not really about, you know, connecting me with God. It was mm-hmm. more about me connecting me with me, which mm-hmm. in turn, it does, mm-hmm. you know, connect you to God because yeah. we come from God. Yeah. But that happened um, back when I was 37. So I went from mm-hmm. 36 to 37 stuck. Mm-hmm. And so you can imagine mm-hmm. the amount of pain that was of mm-hmm. every day you know, just being in pain. And so yeah. I was telling a really good friend of mine, um, her name is Wanda, which I, mm-hmm. which you know, yeah. Wanda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, man, you got to watch Super Soul Sunday. And so I was mm-hmm. like, I'm not watching that BS. I was mm-hmm. like, not, you know, I'm not watching Oprah and all that, you know, and I liked Oprah, but not yeah, yeah, yeah. like that, <laughs> you know? And, and so, but, you know, pain, I mean, you know, pain is pain. And so, one day after like three months of her saying this, I am tuned in. And it was Eckhart Tolle doing a master class on the power of now with Oprah. Mm-hmm. And he said one thing that completely put me on an entire new path. He said, if you ever get stuck in quicksand, don't think about how you got there. You're in pain. Or you're stuck because you're thinking because you're not thinking about you know getting out. You're thinking about how you got there. So you're replaying all mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. sadness and grief and yeah. regret and remorse mm-hmm. that really it doesn't help you spiritually. Those things yeah. like your memory is meant to remind you to learn a lesson. It's not mm-hmm. meant to punish you. And so he said, if you want to get out of the quicksand, you just got to figure out how to get out ASAP. And I had realized that the reason why I was in pain was because I kept apologizing to myself or or to other another person for the same thing over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of like it's a scab or a scar and you're like, you know, scratching mm-hmm. it over and over again, mm-hmm. it doesn't really heal. And so once I figured that out, um, I went and looked him up and he had a book on Audible, The the um, New Earth. And so his voice is very soothing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so I just, you know, started listening. And there was a couple of chapters that I kept on listening over and over again. And I want to say I had that on replay for like three years. And mm. one of the things that he said is know thyself. Mm. And this right here for me is where the shift happened. Mm-hmm. He said, if you ask a person who they are, they are going to tell you the shape of their body, the, uh, the um, color of their skin, their nationality, their occupation, all these different things. And so for all the listeners out there, you know, this is Eckhart's words, and this is something that I've believed in, but I know a lot of people don't. So, mm-hmm. you know, all I ask you is to have an open mind and, 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 and don't hate the messenger. <laughs> but he said, you're none of those things. You're temporarily a, a Hispanic male from far Rockaway, Queens, who now lives in Virginia, 
your life, your human life is only temporary. So Mm -hmm. there's something else that's you that's inside of, of that body. And so that ties Mm -hmm. into, you know, spiritual beliefs or, Mm -hmm. you know, religion, you know, you know, I'm God made Adam Mm -hmm. and there was a soul, right? There's two Mm -hmm. different things. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, once I stopped identifying with who I thought I was, then it made it easier to not be upset or angry when those things are challenged mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or are not respected. Yeah. And so that taught me to, to, you know, love myself and my own spirituality and to put myself around those that also love and honor me and mm-hmm. vice versa. And if they're mm-hmm. not around, you know, be okay and being alone mm-hmm. until that, you know, happens. And yeah. so that helped me out. Um, and then I've kind of learned other things as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so mm-hmm. I did, you know, look into my nationality and into my background because I had grown up in Queens and I didn't grow up with my family, you know, mm-hmm. not the whole time. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't even know about my own background and my own you know, heritage. And mm-hmm. so I learned about, you know, hip hop and that really became the framework for how, you know, I and other young men and, you know, women for, for most of my life, I'd say into, into my thirties, how I communicated mm-hmm. and how I got along mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that was like the framework, right? It was music, yep. you know, hairstyles, you know, mm-hmm. sneakers and, you, you know, things like that. But I've been able to now, you know, go back and understand about my history and what my parents' history was so I can learn why I ended up in Far Rockaway but without a strong family support and mm-hmm. what were the mm-hmm. systems that made that happen, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then to yeah. understand that in a better way and to now be an example, if possible, that there is you know, transcendence, that there is a way to yeah. heal and that there is a way to push forward in a positive way. Yeah. Not just for my own people, but for all people, mm-hmm. but thinking about those that have my background first, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And you were able to um, spend some some quality time in um, Colombia, right? Last year? Yeah. yeah. No, How? back in 2020. Yeah. Oh, was it 2020? <laughs> I don't know what year it is anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Can you uh, share a little bit about just um, how it felt being there and just, I know it was a really like beautiful experience for you. Yeah, um, it definitely was. And it was great to see see my family, but it mm-hmm. also made me realize how how much opportunity we have in our country. Mm-hmm. You know, like I met like one young lady over there and she wanted um, to be a teacher or she wants to be a teacher and she was still mm-hmm. in high school. And she had a lot of the intelligence and the attributes that even I didn't have, you know, growing up. And you can tell that this person is special, but the opportunities just aren't there. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, the economics are just not, are not there. Um, the opportunity mm-hmm. for all is not there. And so that just made me sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made me, you know, realize that, you know, so much more that we are very fortunate 
to be where we are. Mm-hmm. You know, most of the mm-hmm. children in the world, you know, in Colombia as well, don't have running water or, mm-hmm. or electricity in their homes. Mm-hmm. And that's something to think about. And so I can't just, you know, be successful or experience success, I should mm-hmm. say, mm-hmm. and then not think about all those things. And so, yeah, it was a great, mm-hmm. you know, trip. Mm-hmm. I got to see my family, but mm-hmm. I got to see a lot of things that I do realize that, yeah. that a lot of people are, are really going through it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you can't not see that, you know? Yeah, I can't. (laughs) Yeah, it's important. Yeah. Wow. Well, so you've had this really, you know, unique journey, you know, through uh, your childhood and then how that just organically, you know, fed into what you do for a living now, you know, which is so impactful. So... I know that you have just, you know, getting to watch, you know, your journey over the past few years that we've known each other, you've really just been um, experiencing so much growth in, you know, both your personal life and in your career. And um, oftentimes, and you tell me if this is, you know, what you find as well, but oftentimes, you know, as we ascend, we are presented with, you know, new opportunities, you know, new opportunities to step into, you know, who we've always been and um, new opportunities to grow. So what do you find that at this stage in your growth um, that you, you're learning most right now or what either from the perspective of, you know, what's been most challenging or what's been, you know, the biggest opportunity for you to step into right now in your life? Yeah, so I say that for me, what would hold me back was confidence. Mm. And, you know, confidence is from not having competence. Like you have to be an expert at something in order to have confidence. It's not in your looks. It's not in your outfit. It's in how well you can do something and you've seen that you've been successful. And so I spent a lot of time on the road, you know, doing workshops. I've been to 25 cities, no, I'm sorry, 25 states and over 70 cities in the United States over eight years. Mm -hmm. And I began, you know, coaching educators 15 years ago. And what I realized over time, and I learned it through a book by Tim Grover, is called Relentless. Um, I'm going from, from, from great to unstoppable, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it really talks about Michael Jordan's work ethic. Like in the history of anyone who's done a job, mm-hmm. you know, Michael Jordan mm-hmm. has got to be the most effective, efficient, whatever you want to call it. And you can <laughs> see evidence of that in the last dance of documentary. But anyway, so I adopted those, the, those mindsets and that work ethic back in 2017 And what I realized and what I got from Michael Jordan's journey is that it's one thing to trust your instincts. Mm -hmm. That's just human nature. It is natural. But when you're so well-versed in what you do, your instincts begin to trust you. That's the difference, right? That's Mm -hmm. when you're so, you're so, well-versed in mm-hmm. your craft that you can go any way because you've, you've, you've worked at it so long 
over mm-hmm. 10,000 hours, but that's mm-hmm. like the golden rule where you can just be extremely, not just, you know, comfortable, but confident in any situation because you know, you don't know how you're going to do it every time, but you know and trust in your previous preparation. Mm-hmm. And if mm-hmm. you're doing the best that you can, because you've mm-hmm. done everything you can to prepare for this moment, mm-hmm. and you've seen so many other successful moments, then boom, you, you've got it made every time. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's just having the aha moment that anything that you know presents itself, I can do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. how to do it yet, but I know that... What I've done in the past is all the preparatory and exploratory mm-hmm. work that has to mm-hmm. be done. Um, three mm-hmm. weeks ago, I had a major milestone, and I typically wouldn't say that a presentation is a milestone, mm-hmm. but I was asked to, you know, keynote for three hundred superintendents in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This organization is the you know our state's organization for all superintendents. These are the people mm-hmm. that run, mm-hmm. you know, school districts. And I was told, yo, you're the second person in the history of this org that is not a superintendent that was invited. And I can honestly say two, three years ago, I wouldn't have been prepared for that. Mm-hmm. Not because mm-hmm. I couldn't prep myself, but because the confidence wasn't there yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I can honestly say when I walked in, I already knew how it was going to go. Yeah, I already knew because of my previous you know, preparation, but also mm-hmm. knowing and having, you know, trust and faith that everything's going to work itself out because I've seen it work out over and over mm-hmm. and over again. Mm-hmm. And I really think that that's what all people need um, is confidence, mm-hmm. you know, not, you know, blind confidence or, you know, arrogance and, you know, being, mm-hmm. you know, cocky. No, is arrogant, um, is confidence from learning your stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a book by Malcolm Gladwell. Um, It's called Outliers. And in the book, Mm -hmm. he talks about the 10,000 hour rule. And all of the people that are at the top of their fields, Steve Jobs, Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson, um, Justin Bieber, whoever it is, they have that in common. Three Mm -hmm. hours a day, Mm -hmm. 20 hours a week for 10 years. And once you're an expert at something, you have the confidence but what I've added to it is, is taking that expertise, which is from my passion, which is good for me because I'm happy, mm-hmm. but now using that and flipping it to help other people. So now I have a purpose in life, mm-hmm. which is to help others through education. Mm-hmm. And that, I think if people do that, they'll have confidence. They'll walk in, in a way where they know like, where they're going. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's really missing in some spaces. Yeah. And what I hear, um, and you, um, talking about that, that just now is, um, is practice. And even from a, from a spiritual perspective, like it, it takes practice to like continue to connect with yourself and, you know, with source, you know, and, um, and that too, like, you know, keeps you like ready for whatever comes, you know, and I know that you have a very like, you know, 
a very uh, consistent spiritual practice as well. Um, can you talk a little bit about um, like what your kind of non-negotiable practices are? For for me, um, it's meditation and prayer. Mm-hmm. Like if mm-hmm. I don't do that, then I find that that is difficult to center myself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. emotionally, right? Yeah. And 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 the thing is that I know how to do it now. For the most part, there's days where if I allow myself to have too many things on the plate, mm-hmm. too many meetings, or if I don't, if I miss certain things, then I start to realize that, you know, tension, you know, starts, you know, building up, mm-hmm. but I know, okay, so let me back up. So what I started doing is to avoid that is on Sundays, just have a recentering, reset you know, day. And I just follow what um, a lot of the um, other entrepreneurs do. They just write things down on a, on a legal pad, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, what am I going to do this week? And write down what the top things are, what the um, not so priority, but you want to be on top of them. And then the mm-hmm. very last things. And so I do that for work, but also personal, like the mm-hmm. gym and, you mm-hmm. know, things like that, mm-hmm. eating right. You know, there's, has to be a balance, right? Yeah. Um, because you have to heal yourself as well. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just mm-hmm. where you're just like, you know, going, going, going and not, you know, paying attention that 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 there's healing involved. Well, anyway, yeah. I, I do that. Mm-hmm. But then for each day in the morning, um, after, you know, meditating and, and three blocks of work time that I have, it starts... If it's something like really pressing, it starts at five o'clock. But mm-hmm, right now, mm-hmm. like I've done so much that I can start at seven, be done at 8.30, have some coffee and relax, you know, talk to people. At 10 o'clock, back at it again, 90 minutes, then another break, and then another 90, mm-hmm. and then hit the gym, mm-hmm. and then I'm back, and then I can hit another 90. Like, mm-hmm. you see where I'm going with that? And that's mm-hmm. what Michael Jordan and... And, and what Kobe Bryant did, that's explained in that book. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. when you do that year after year after year, for years, you already know what you mm-hmm. know. You know how to learn what you don't know, but you're in check with your emotions. And if you really you know, think about a lot of people, and you know, shout out to, to, um, to, um, 50 cent, <laughs> you know, he said this and I mean, I, I have to shout him out. I mean, like he has a great, you know, business model and a great book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called the, 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 um, 50th law, but he mm-hmm. talks about fear being an emotion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just an emotion, mm-hmm. but people experience fear. Fear comes because of different things mm-hmm. being shot. You know, in his case, being in the hood, but other people, because someone, um, they've missed an appointment, but all that is fear. Mm -hmm. So all you got to do is think back to a time that you conquered a fear. And you conquer a fear by preparing yourself better to not put yourself into that type of situation that's going to make you anxious and and, and, you know, mm-hmm, worried. Mm-hmm. And you can just take that same little framework mm-hmm. and apply it to other areas where you have fear. 
And it really comes down to this. It always comes down to this. Is not knowing what to do and then being worried that you're not, that you won't be successful. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's the problem right there. And, and it ties back to, you know, the brain, right? Like the human brain, it doesn't fully develop until around the age of 25. And so the prefrontal um, um, cortex is what people use to make rational decisions, provided they know how to think through a system or a framework to make those decisions. If mm-hmm. not, mm-hmm. they tend to lead from the emotional center of the brain, which is the amygdala, which can be hijacked, which is meant for fight or flight. Mm-hmm. But the mm-hmm. average person is living like this their whole life. Yeah. And so, yeah, I said a lot of different yeah. things, but it really does connect. <laughs> yeah, it does connect because, you know, in the, I guess when, like from a, I guess, spiritual perspective, we often talk about how, you know, fear is an illusion and um, it feels very real, you know, in our bodies. It's often, you know, our egos trying to protect us, you know, from the unknown, from, you know, previous, you know, experiences that we've already overcome. And one thing that, that I know um, helps me when it comes to fear is remembering that it's an illusion because then what it does is it it calls me to become curious about it because I'm like, oh, well, if this isn't real, what is it? Where is it coming from, you know? And so, yeah, I love that. I love that 50 Cent, you know, put it that way and like <laughs> actually gave a framework for how to move through it because it does speak to, you know, the fact that fear is, you know, it's our, it's our, you know, our egos and, you know, shadows trying to, you know, keep us safe oftentimes from things that we may not need to be protected from anymore. And like getting curious about it is, is the first step really. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. So we've talked a lot about just your, um, just your overall journey, I want to actually hear a little bit about um, just what you would tell your younger self, you know, back in Rockaway, Queens, Um, you know, knowing what you know now just about your spiritual journey, um, what you've been able to accomplish in your life, you know, Um, what would you tell that that young kid, who was seeking that that um, connection and that family and and you know even you know the spiritual connection too? Yeah, I don't think I would tell him, you know, a lot about what I've accomplished or mm-hmm. what I know now, mm-hmm. because I know that he wouldn't have understood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and like Lao Tzu said, when the when when the when the student is ready, the master appears, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I take that as that, you know, life is going to teach you what you need to know. But if I had to mm-hmm. tell myself, you know, mm-hmm. something, it's just that I love you. Oh, yeah. You know, That's and beautiful. I would, um, yeah. you know, yeah. And I, and I wrote this down, actually. Um, I was asked to um, speak at the Senate one time mm-hmm. back in 2016, I believe, or 2017. Mm-hmm. And I was really nervous. I mean, I was afraid. And I remembered that if you weren't if you weren't meant to be there, 
if you weren't ready, then this opportunity wouldn't be here today. Yeah. And so you just had to, you know, to, you know, prep yourself. And so I remember being crazy nervous and everything like that, but I wrote myself some affirmations Mm. and it basically says that I've worked extremely hard, like I wrote it um, to myself Mm -hmm. and I get to a part at the end when I said, have strong faith that, you know, God has your back and will put the right words on your tongue and also the right people in your path to help you fulfill your life's mission and goals. Mm-hmm. You know, God loves you. I love you. I love mm-hmm. you. I love you. And you are a kind man with a lot to offer the world. Always remain true, humble, and you'll be fine no matter the outcome. And so I, I read that. that, I think, well, it's a little longer, but I read mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. for two years whenever I needed it until wow. I didn't need it. You wow. know what I'm saying? And yeah. so that's the thing. I would just tell him, I love you. Mm-hmm. And there was a boxer, um, Marvin Hagler, who I passed away. And he said, if you don't have a father, you have to be your own father. Mm-hmm. And so... Those are the things that I would have, you know, told myself and probably I would have avoided a lot of the mess that I didn't need to be involved in. <laughs> but all contributed to your journey, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. But I, yeah. <laughs> so like the thing that I try to be like with, you know, teachers and on these podcasts is to try to be as honest as I can about my journey mm-hmm. and not act like I'm all that when I know mm-hmm. I'm not. It's my preparation. Like if you, mm-hmm. like if anyone is ever impressed by me, I hope it's more by my preparation and the work I've done to make me be able to do mm-hmm. what I do. Mm-hmm. And so I remember back in 2015, I was leaving a, a, a presentation and these young male teachers approached me in the parking lot and they were like, yo, I want to be like you one day, but I don't think mm-hmm. I can ever do that. You know, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. And so I decided on that day to keep it real and to be as honest as possible so that anyone that's observing can say, if he can do it, I can do it. Yeah. And there's no other reason why I would even share my personal stuff because at at this point, it's not even for me. I mean, it's for other people. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, that's beautiful just thinking about the next generation. I mean, that's what so much of your work is tied to anyway, you know, aside from, you know, people being able to see you do what you do, but the work that you do to make sure that, you know, educators are impacting lives in a way that's, um, you know, that turns them to themselves and helps them to be more socially and emotionally aware. So that's really beautiful. And this conversation um, has been really beautiful. Um, just thank you, George, for for doing this and for just being such a light and, you know, sharing your wisdom with me along the way. Um, it's just been really great and so supportive to me. And so I'm, I'm grateful for our friendship and and such gratitude for you joining me on the podcast. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, thank you so much. I, I've learned a lot from you about being patient when <laughs> someone or others are not, 
are not where you are. And it's okay. Like we're all on the same path mm-hmm. and on the same journey. Mm-hmm. But not everyone is in the same place. And I've just had to, to you know, understand that. And, and to, mm-hmm. you know, love unconditionally just means to accept people for who mm-hmm. they are and where they are. And, yeah. you know, fo- yeah. focus on you. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. Actually, in the last yeah, episode, I did. Yeah, in the last episode, I talked a little bit about like how at one point as I was like letting my like intuition just flow more, I was noticing like judgment coming up. And it was mm-hmm. such a shadowy thing, you know, and it's a constant practice, you know, to just remember that, like, we're all on our own journeys. And, and anytime that that judgment does come up, it's it's the it's the mirror is to look yeah. back at is to look back at yourself. It's a gift, you know, and yeah. you're exactly right. Like, focus on focus on your growth and focus on where um where your healing lies and and you'll always be on the right path when you do that. So Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, great. Well, thank you again. And um I'm sure we'll talk soon. I don't know when I'm going to be back on the West Coast, I mean on the East Coast. I don't even know what coast I'm on right now. But um but I know that I will see you and Miriam soon. Hopefully you'll have another, um, I know you'll have another um, workshop out here soon and I'll get to see you. Oh yeah, definitely. You and Miriam <laughs> you very know. soon. Yeah. So thanks again and yeah, be well. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks so much for listening to my spiritual friends from Worthy Well. If you enjoyed the conversation, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Shelby Renee Giles. And to check out Worthy Well's latest events and offerings, visit our website at worthywell.co. Until next time, journey well.